This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we have our friend, Mayim Bialik, who, yes. uh, she's on Big Bang Theory. I heard of that show. Um, she's also been a guest on Good Mythical Morning. She's also on GMM. Um, she's gonna be in Buddy System. She's that much of a friend that we she's, keep getting her she's in on our everywhere. stuff. She's nice to us. Uh, she also wrote a book that we're gonna talk about, Girling Up, How to Be Strong, Smart, and Spectacular, neuroscientist, actress, grown-up girl, Mayim Bialik, PhD, wrote this thing. Um, and we're gonna have a special guest, very dear to my heart, my daughter Lily is gonna be uh, is gonna join the conversation really? with with Mayim. Yeah, you know how I know that she's going to because we already she, shot, we already recorded we, that, and she's also she's still right, sitting she's right, right there. there. We had Whoa. a great we had a great conversation. Uh, Lily will uh, make you question if she's actually related to Link. That's, <laughs> that, that's how well spoken and smart she is. <laughs> um, you know what? That's uh, I thank you. Now, I'll, t- I'll take that. Co- backhanded compliment. Before we get into that conversation, uh, when this podcast goes up, it will be one day before the streamies. Yeah, so tomorrow night, if if on release day from yeah. this thing, we'll and, be all dolled up, man. Yeah, to get to take home some awards. Yeah, hopefully. so I mean, and I think we we kind of made this clear, but just and we probably will have made it clear in other ways before this podcast, but. You know, we believe in, we think the streamies are a great thing. We believe in the concept of an internet award show. Uh, and I don't even necessarily, first of all, the vast majority of the awards that will be given tomorrow night are things that are determined by like an actual, you know, academy, a committee or whatever. And, and we're, what what awards are we up for? Uh, we've got uh, Buddy best, System. Buddy for, System is comedy, comedy. GMM show of the year, and then Buddy System for best director as well. For John Fortenberry, director of season one of Buddy System. Um, so we'd love to take one of those home, um, but specifically show of the year and uh, personality of the year, or what a person, I don't know what it is. Which we are, we're not nominated for person of the year. The way they determine those is by popular vote. And we honestly were just like, listen, we made a big push for this last year, the year before, I don't know. And everybody did all this work, and it was just like I always felt a little bit dirty asking for votes, you know, because you have to you have to constantly bombard people. But so, because because people vote, yeah, and they they can vote as they can bombard votes like a whole bunch in a day, every day leading I up think to you the can thing. Just do once a day, but I mean, I'm sure people do multiple accounts, and people end up doing a lot of work. Like it takes a lot of work to do it, and so anyway. As and you, and we and we yeah you're right we don't we haven't felt great about asking I always feel weird about asking for votes for anything it's like I just want to win an award based on merit but I do understand the strategy and so I don't I'm well not, and 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 listen I part of the strategy is that when you vote on Twitter or wherever you vote it it churns a conversation about the streamies which I believe and, in. And so I, I li- and so by design, they're t- it's it's something that they engage fans to talk about who they're passionate about, and also talk about something that they may not be passionate about, well, which is the streamies. In order to all these influential make it a people, relevant part of the yeah. more, a more relevant conversation. When you I get mean, all these part influential of their, to talk their about strategy. It. Well, and it's, yeah, and, and I'm not faulting the strategy. It's one of the reasons that we're talking about the streamies right now. Now, 
But as you know, instead of, we ask people instead of putting the effort into helping us win, to put uh, some effort into helping to protect net neutrality. And uh, I just wanted to talk briefly about that because, you know. Because we sent people to savetheinternet.com. Save um, my thoughts on this, because a lot of people, I know that net neutrality is uh, relatively, it's relatively controversial, right? Because essentially you've got two sides of, of this issue. Uh, you've got the pro net neutrality side, which is saying that internet service providers uh, shouldn't be able to discriminate uh, in terms of the content that's on on their infrastructure. And then you've got, which would involve a government regulation in order to protect that. And then you've got the anti- where, where, Yeah, whereas they could do, I mean, they would be much less l- limited or unregulated to do what the heck they wanted with their pipes. Uh, but the the other side of the coin is against net neutrality, and this is a, and, and this is a position that I sympathize with because I'm generally uh, do believe that you know getting the government out of systems can be helpful. I, I, I'm pretty independent on this, but I do sympathize with the position that this could be government regulation which then would stifle innovation. So if you've got these people that are investing all this money into networks and infrastructure and then you're imposing regulation on them, then you may stifle them. If you treat the internet as a utility, then it's almost like, well, what happened with phones? You know, phone. How did phone line technology change over the 50 years that we were using them or whatever? Um, it's not exactly an apples to apples comparison, but I do, sympathize with the argument that this additional regulation could stifle innovation. But here's what I'll say. Regardless of whether, uh, I still feel great about sending people to save the internet and to lobby their their congressmen. And, to, and I, will, I will jump in before you balance that. The reason why we said it is because, I mean, from our perspective, I, I, I wanna protect against a, a situation where, um, the way that we came up, like, I mean, this is not just about entertainment, but if you just, that that's our experience. The way we came up was on a platform where you could access our videos just as easy as you could access like a bona fide television show, which a bunch of gatekeepers funded and said, okay, this is something you should watch. And so it, it gave us um, the ability to be seen and to, to creates to develop a, a show, a business, uh, well, to become entertainers when otherwise, before the internet, you had to convince a small group of people, gatekeepers, to allow you to make something that within they would put in front of the eye, their eyeballs that they had earned. And theoretically. Through, through their network. Theoretically, without net neutrality, the, con- the, uh, the infrastructure providers could discriminate against content. Now, what I will say is that I, even though some people I saw some comments were like, there's absolutely no evidence of anybody ever doing that. Well, that's not true. There are documented cases of those, those principles being being in, infringed upon. But I do believe that competition between service providers, it's like if somebody's like, oh, if, if, if Comcast comes along and says, I'm going to uh, throttle YouTube or Netflix, well, people are probably gonna, go to AT&T or Verizon because, well, they're not throttling those things that so many people are using. So so the argument is if you just take the ha- the government's hands out of it, that the consumers will win because there will be competition. 
I'm not saying I disagree with that principle, but this is what I think, and this is the whole point that I'm trying to get to, that I feel like is uh, what, what makes our country and our political system a great thing, and I also think it kind of goes back to this whole building bridges, not walls thing that we've been trying to talk about, which mm-hmm. is how we wanna speak into these political situations, is that I think that we're in a place in our country right now where if you believe, if you're on one side of the issue, of us, any particular issue, you demonize everybody on the other side of the issue, you believe that they have absolutely no merit to their argument. And I actually think that there's merit to both sides of this argument, and because of who's in power right now and who is the chairman of the FCC, we know what those interests are, so I think that it's healthy and balancing to speak to the consumer interest to say, hey, I don't exactly know where this is gonna come down in terms of legislation, but speaking up and going to savetheinternet.com and saying that we wanna make sure that consumers are protected and that, and that content is not throttled or discriminated against, that will ensure that whatever legislation does get passed, it, it increases the chances that the consumer will and the market will both be taken into account respectively and we'll get the best result. You see what I'm saying? So I'm saying that I feel great about sending people to savetheinternet.com and to get them to take that action because we need a balancing force with this particular issue right now and hopefully what, what, wherever it, the legislation lands, it'll be the best compromise because I do believe that there's a compromise. You don't want to kill this thing with government regulation and you don't wanna say completely hands off and then the almighty dollar is the ultimate motivator and then people, especially poor people, usually end up suffering more than rich people and the inequality divide increases. So all that to be said, I I wanna say, those of you who kinda commented on our video when we said, hey, we're sending people to save the internet and we're pro net neutrality, who are like, you guys are stupid. (laughs) I saw one guy who was like, I guess I, this is just a reminder, I like you guys because of your comedy, not because you're intelligent, because if you're pro net neutrality, you're obviously an idiot. Uh, thanks for that thoughtful comment. Um, but I appreciate the people who came into the comments and gave the opposing argument in an, in an intelligent and respectful way. I believe in that kind of dialogue. But what I'm saying is that in spite of the fact that I, that I think there are some legitimate arguments on that side of the table, there are legitimate arguments on this side of the table as well, and we can, and this applies to so many different issues that we are struggling with right now, is like, let's not demonize a, a whole group of people. Let's say, what is the interest, what is the interest that they have? What are they scared of right now? And is there a way to address that need in a way that we can all, we can increase the good for the most people? I think that's a mythical thing to do and I think it applies to net neutrality. But you still should go to savetheinternet.com and, at, at and lobby. <clears throat> or or if you don't agree, you can read about it some more. Yeah. You know, we can you know, it's we're bringing attention to an issue exactly. and then you can uh you don't have to agree with us and we don't expect any we're not comfortable asking people to who love our content to to vote for us to win something. <laughs> So uh, I'm not comfortable asking people to just do something because I said it. Yeah, that, just go that, read about that it. That is for save the internet. If you developed an informed opinion about net neutrality, either way that you fall on the issue, I consider that a victory because at least you know what the issue is and what's at stake, and then we can move forward in the best possible way. Um, I think one of the things we can agree on is that you like listening to Ear Biscuits. Hey. And maybe something else you can agree on is 
supporting the things that support making this a possibility. Ear Biscuits is supported by Nature Box. One of the reasons we named this podcast Ear Biscuits is because we are always thinking about food. I but, think so, yes. But biscuits are not necessarily good for you. Sometimes you feel like that's the choice. I'm gonna choose something between something that tastes good and is bad for me, or something that's good for me that tastes bad, but with NatureBox, you do not have to make that choice. No, you don't. NatureBox has over 100 snacks that taste good and are actually better for you. All snacks are made from high quality, simple ingredients, which means no artificial colors, flavors, or sweeteners, so you can feel good about what you're eating. I am a going nuts for nuts, man. <laughs> so for me, my choices right now are salt and pepper pistachios. Okay. Sweet blueberry almonds. I feel you. And listen to this, sriracha roasted cashews. Mm -hmm. Dang. It's simple, you just go to naturebox.com, choose the snacks you want, and Naturebox will deliver them right to your door, and there's no risk if you ever try a snack you don't like, don't eat it, don't eat it. Nature Box will replace it for free. Don't you eat it, but you're gonna wanna eat it cause it's good. And right now, Nature Box is offering you, Ear Biscuiteer, 50% off your first order when you go to naturebox.com slash ear. But you gotta go to that one, okay? Naturebox.com slash ear is that one for 50% off your first order. What did I say? Naturebox.com slash ear. We have developed a relationship with Spotify, you know why? For a couple of reasons. Number one, Ear Biscuits is available on Spotify. And mm -hmm. number two, we've been creating some playlists over there. We got summer playlists, fall playlists, mythical playlists for your uh, your listening pleasure. You get in our brain, you get that audio in your brain of us. You know how we do. But Spotify, a lot of people don't know, a lot of people Spotify, don't know that you Spotify. can get I th you know what, I think you're, what you're doing right now is you're doing that audio and you're changing it to Spotify, which is probably violating no, some, I'm not. some sort of copyright law. And you know what, if you get we get sued, it's you get sued. I you not, take the fall, I'm, you take the fall. You take the fall and I'll find a new partner. Man, what a weird ad read. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't know that there are podcasts on Spotify. You know that if you're listening to Ear Biscuits on Spotify right now, but if you did not know that and you are a Spotify listener, go over there, open the app, tap browse, and look for us in the podcast section. You can also go to spotify.com slash podcast, follow us, and then our episodes will be dropped into your library as soon as they drop. Spotify! That's good, you changed the melody, that's acceptable. Let's get back to the biscuit. Last time I saw you, we were uh, in a morgue together. That's right, we In were. a six drawer morgue. It was creepy. It yeah. was so creepy. And since then, we, and Four Body Systems, especially two, Link, I should say. has watched you in that morgue. Oh yeah. Countless times. That's even creepier. Countless times. Well, but it. Was it a, part of the editing process, it, it I hope? It was part of yes. the, my professional yes. job. Uh, to, he calls it his little encouragement clip. He took it and he, <laughs> And now, every morning he wakes up. I need just... to see my Mayim in the morgue encouragement clip. <laughs> wow. Mayim in the morgue in the there, morning. There's a sentence that's never been uttered in the history of the planet. Oh. Oh, you know what, we had, remember that? We yes. Had, we had a, a little segment on uh, some show, I don't know. That we did. It was called Never Been Said Before. That's a Noam Chomsky thing. Really? Oh, is it? The linguist, yeah. 
he had a whole thing about like, you know, the the unbelievable thing about our consciousness is we can understand that we can create sentences that have never been said before. Yeah. Words that shouldn't even belong together. Right. We so, have the ability to put them together and make them grammatically correct, you know. Hold on. Yeah. Are you what is unbelievable about that? Is it well, that we can do it or that we can know that we're doing it? I, I mean, I think... I didn't know what you meant. I think that we can know that we're doing it and that we can also, again, like form them with proper semantics. Like it sounds right. Like invent a totally new linguistic thing that works. Right. Like that's that's the hardwiring of language, right? That that exists no matter what nouns or verbs you right. use, right? Like this is how language is structured. Well, I think what's amazing about it's it Noam is... No Chomsky in 30 seconds. Is that... Oh. What's amazing about it is that we is that the nature of the universe and time itself and possibilities, the fact that like we can just sit here and one after another create completely original things. Like right. that's what's amazing about it to me. Is that in spite of all the things that do exist, have existed and will exist, we can make novel things exist just right now. Right. And we are. Oh, we are. I'm about, right now. I'm about to cry. I just, you just <laughs> touched me very deeply. Right, and and you've never cried. Right. So this is that's I've a, never that's cried a, in this room. That's a first for you. you. <laughs> could you cry? Are you a are you someone who a, could? No, I'm not a a cry on cue actor. Oh. Um. A lot of young actors, if they can do that, like it literally goes on your resume. Yeah, so that right. if they need like a you know soap opera kid. but Right next to tap dancing. <laughs> and roller skating. Mm -hmm. um, what's interesting is- oh, um, for kids. My, for kids, that's right, kid actors. Okay. Um, my father passed away um, two years ago mm -hmm. and I had to actually do some acting work, you know, like in that- in that Funeral? You know, no. What? Like after he died, I had to go back to work. And, okay, you were and, acting during the same period. And it was, I, I was, understood. Thank you. And what was interesting is that I did a part that required crying, which normally I can't do, and it came like that. Oh, I mean, really? like the emotion because like the emotions were just so right there, and I realized, oh, this is what method actors do, right? They create this environment of emotions so that you can like bring mm. it like it was so. It was very. It was uncomfortable though because. Method actors real. wish that family members died <laughs> recently. Well, they're able so to, they can channel that's it. That's exactly what I meant. They're Method able to actors access, are cool people. They can they access are. those things. Like I can cry, I do cry easily, but not intentionally. Like commercials. Yeah. Psh, boy, I, I can I can go. I can turn it on a commercial. Right. What? <laughs> oh yeah. Like it, and my dad's the same way. And it's funny because you you know my dad. And my dad and me, neither of us are known to be sensitive emotional people because in one sense we're not <laughs> but you're hardened in another sense it's just like what I'll, kind of commercials maybe that would give us more information just like one like a like a, a lost like, dog comes back oh so I mean, something with emotional content oh yeah 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 but yeah but, but yeah yet, it does I'll, make sense but yet i'll go to a to funeral cry. and not cry i remember feeling guilty for not crying at my grandmother's funeral but how I was old like, were you Mm, 12? Yeah, I mean, that's a different kind of thing. But he was consciously saving it for an <laughs> acting job that he hadn't even acquired. Or for a commercial he had yet to see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Someday, I'm gonna see a commercial. <laughs> it's all gonna come out. <laughs> they need a cue, that's what they need to do. What, I mean, who are we kidding? It's not like we have to know how to cry on command to act in buddy system, I mean. I did. I, both oh, seasons. They gave you the they gave you the drops, man. <laughs> they did give me the you drops. You were trying really hard, but then they just said, bring the drops in. 
And they brought the oh, drops the, in the for glycerin? me this season. Yeah, I, I got the drops this season. Fine, I'm just go, I'm gonna do it right now. No. <laughs> are you thinking about something specific? Are you just taking? Are you just creating a cry face? He's doing pretty good though. I'm creating a cry face, and soon the tears will come. <laughs> nope, I'm not gonna do it. This is this is an audio centric place. We could just say, come on, just say that I was crying. Yeah, Link just cried like a baby. <laughs> I just, I was crying. He cried like Rhett watching a little <laughs> lost dog. No, the lost dog's got to come back. Oh, th- sorry. Yeah. It's got a, a dog just being lost and being alone. That's funny to you. Yeah, right. <laughs> but when the dog comes back home, reunites, like one of like the commercial where the guy comes back from. The soldier comes back home and oh, the dog that, greets him. Yeah, mm. that yeah. kills me. Yeah, I have chills right I'm now. I'm gonna start crying. I'm crying about. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna cry. But again, it's audio, lo- so I'm not gonna do you it. You have lost dog bumps. Now, it's like goose bumps for. Never mind. <laughs> now, <laughs> recently, didn't you not speak for a while? Recently, I did. Yeah, I had to go on vocal rest. Yeah, and you know what? How did you know this? Well, because uh. I follow her on Instagram, man. <laughs> we keep up with each other. Oh, I actually use the internet on a regular basis. <laughs> oh, but. Yeah, I was on the vocal internet rest uses for a month. me. You being That's on enough. vocal rest for a month made my fed, it fed into my uh, hypochondriasm. He's been oh. talking about it for yeah. weeks Why? on here. Do you think you need to go on vocal rest? Yeah, you'll you'll know <laughs> so if you hemorrhage I. on your vocal cords. No, I uh, I actually ha- I've had him uh, inspected twice now. I just have this like lingering sore throat. I'm doing okay, but oh. I the only reason I thought that I might need to go on vocal rest is because. Right when I was literally the day that I was like worrying about it the most, I saw your first video where somebody can't else was speaking oh, for you yeah. talking about this again, and I was like, "Oh no!" So now you have to tell me what happened. Somebody was speaking for you. Okay, well, start so at the beginning. I have a YouTube channel, <laughs> and we had literally like what's it called? What's the handle? It's Miami Alec. That's yes. my, just spelled exactly the way it sounds. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was a joke because no one knows how to spell or Pretty say straight. my name. Anyway, so we had. Just really started getting some regular, you know, consistency is important, which is one of the yeah. things I'm pretty sure you guys told me when I was starting out. And we had just started like consistently putting out videos, we're like clocking them out, and then I went on vocal rest, and we're thinking, well, shoot, <laughs> <laughs> what do we do now? So we was there. What was the trauma? Oh, so I hemorrhaged on my vocal cords from overuse and misuse and polyps forming. But overuse but how and misuse. misuse. Yeah. And polyps forming. What What do you mean? How, what do you mean over? How did you overuse um, and misuse? I, I was on a book tour, um, you know, I burn the candle at all. I, I create a new end of the candle to burn it at. Right, yeah. So I, I'm kind of constantly producing, working, writing, making videos. And then I went on this book tour. It involved a lot of travel. Mm-hmm. Then I went to Kiev to film a SodaStream commercial. And it was very, very, very long days with very few breaks. Mm. And I have a naturally raspy voice. And my dad had the same exact kind of voice. And he had the same exact diagnosis. He actually had oh, surgery man. for this. And I'm hoping to avoid that. So basically, when you hemorrhage on your vocal cords, you know, like they stick a camera on your throat. And the doctor looks very disappointed at you. It's oh. like, you hemorrhage twice. And you, but what yeah. does that physically mean? Like so your vocal cord vessel, itself. So there are blood vessels all over your cords, and okay. they can hemorrhage. They explode. That's a that's a word I don't like to use when I yeah. think about my vocal cords. But yeah, they explode. Bloody yeah. cords, like literally, they yeah. were dripping in blood. Bloody nodules is what we were calling it. So we had to find creative ways to keep my YouTube channel going. Um, for how how long was the bed I, uh, I was, bed yeah, rest? I was on vocal rest for a month. That's a unusually and like, long. And, and time. I don't just mean like I wasn't speaking publicly. I was not. Spe- I mean, my friend Noe, who works with me, he could tell you I was literally furious. I was angrily writing 
and like very uh, frustrated when I couldn't communicate because I'm really you can't, I'm you a, can't whisper and I'm a, you cannot whisper and but, I'm yeah. really like a person of words like I love words you know my parents were English teachers and like I'm a person of like I that's my tool as my weapon is you my and Noam Chomsky. And, you know, <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, it was really crazy. We did a charades video. Um, we did videos where I would write and have someone else read what I wrote, like try and be like poetic about it. And, and then you were you were sitting there silent while they read it. We did two with sign language with mm. American Sign Language interpreters, which is actually interesting. Kind you innovated. Of also, you innovated. Well, and also like it's actually very humbling and empowering in a mystical, I found like spiritual way to have your voice taken from you because it's really the universe saying to you like. Like, really stop, hmm. you know? Hmm. Like, listen more and talk less. Have you ever done, like, a silent retreat before then? So I haven't, but, you know, as a as a Jewish person of faith, we have a lot of meditative aspects right. to traditional Jewish practice. And, you know, Yom Kippur, which is, like, actually coming up in a little, a little less than two weeks, um, you know, that's a day when we also don't eat and we don't, you know, do all these other things. And it's a day where you're, you're silent a lot. You know, mm -hmm. you're praying, but, you know. So I actually really tried to say, like, okay, universe, I get it. <laughs> mm -hmm. What what can I learn and gather from this experience? Because right. you know, also um, a mentor of mine told me to to ask the God of my understanding to teach me lessons with joy and not with pain anymore. Because this is a hard way to learn that lesson. Um, but you know, they say you keep getting the same lesson until you learn it. And so I feel like okay, I really have learned to slow down, and I've learned to listen more and speak less, and I've learned to enjoy silence hmm. in a way that I really didn't before. I missed singing. That was actually harder than oh, speaking. Oh, really? I missed my music. And I would play piano, and I would like it was like it wanted to come out. But yeah, oh. pretty much. So <laughs> in that given month, how many slip-ups did you have? And, were, and did you have any moments where it's just like, I, I got to break it. I have to speak. I was, but because there's no cast. You know, if you break a limb or something, right. they, put, they restrict it with a cast so it heals. You can't, there's no cast for the no. vocal cords. No, there's willpower. I mean, that's literally it. I was allowed to speak at the doctor's office for my, you know, my checkups with my ENT. I was allowed to speak there, but it was almost like I didn't recognize my own voice. Like, you know, who I was, is that? Yeah, I was so not used to using it. And I'm supposed to learn to speak in a higher register uh -huh. like this, but really? um, yeah, that's, so apparently I'm resting on my vocal cords yeah. and I've been doing that for 41 years. That's, one of, that's on. one of the reasons that, you know, my wife speaks with at a higher pitch. It's because she was trained yeah. as a teenager vocally. And so the first thing I noticed when we were started dating is when she needed to yell, she would yell like this. And I was like, wow, that's crap. Why, why, do you, why don't you actually yell? And she was like, I've trained myself to never and you're yell. Not so, I, I'm not supposed to laugh vocally. This is how my ENT said oh, I have no. to laugh. Ready for that? Like, well, can you do something? Well, you guys are funny a lot. Say something funny, like tell a joke. Oh, gosh. Uh, um, um, how, do you, how, do you spell, how do you spell Mayim Bialik, Link? G O O D L U C K. <laughs> That's how I'm supposed to laugh. That was not satisfying to me. I knew it was a horrible joke, but I'm boy, so, that made it feel worse. I'm supposed to laugh like a hiss. Did you spell good luck? Yeah. yeah. I, oh. I don't even understand that, but it yeah, was funny. But I'm supposed to, to hiss instead of I didn't of understand laugh. that, but it was funny. That's the only way I am funny. So yeah, and sometimes with my kids, like I, I would really, if I really needed to convey something, sometimes I would say like, you know, I would bang bang on the table. I can't speak. Yeah, because it's not <laughs> it's here. not the kind of thing where you undo all the work just because you speak. No, but it's do you want to know something really tragic? 
I threw my no. back. I threw my back completely out halfway through vocal rest. Oh no! <laughs> and when it happened, I was alone upstairs. I had just gotten out of the shower and I was drying my hair. This has happened to me twice in my life. And when I mean my back went out, it the two brought, of you are a pair. It, it oh. brought me to my knees, the pain, oh, and I could not speak or call out. So what I started doing, <laughs> my friends were downstairs. I started going like this, whistling. Yeah. Whistling and, and she's, beating. She's taking the whistling. Naked, hair wet, because that's what I did. I was drying my hair with a towel. Like, someone come help me. I was on how the long floor. That's how you take. call a dog. I was, I was then, with no voice, I was literally on bed rest for about 10 days. Oh, my gosh. I know. What did you do to your back? Um, I, yeah, because I, I also I'm have a, back problems. We should talk later. Yeah, we should. Um, I mean, honestly, it's. I think it's tension that's being held in my back for about 41 years. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Mm -hmm. that's, so, that's what I discovered. So what you don't hold in your cords, you hold in your back. Up there, I'm finding new parts of my body that can hold pain and tension uh -huh. that I didn't even exactly. know. Exactly, that's what it's about. You yeah. got to release it, Pilates. I don't think you're a hypochondriac. Pilates makes me burp. Really? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, <laughs> Pilates makes me pass gas out the other you're end. Constantly like and, contracting and, I take, and, I and squeezing. And once a, I take two classes a week. Once a week, I'm by myself. And I the think it's pronounced pilates. Yeah, pilates. <laughs> the the once a week class where it's just me and the instructor, and it's in the morning, and so I'm always like nervous. I'm like, is this gonna be a farty <laughs> a farty day or not? You know. And then she's folding me up, and I'm like, well. She's not going to walk away. She's going to be right here next to me for an hour. I'm so bottled up out of there. When I get, as soon as I walk out of the Pilates place, it is like it's like your it's like, like your nana. Are you like a balloon? Yeah, yeah. Well, like, I propel myself balloon. back to the car. Um, uh, I tried I actually tried to do Pilates. And here's my rule. Nothing against 65-year-old women with manicures and lots of jewelry and makeup. Yeah. If you can wear all those things for a workout, that's not the workout uh, I want to be. Oh, You need to cut. You gotta come to my class because I mean, it is. It, it could is just be intense. the neighborhood. It's intense. Studio City is a little heavy on the sixty-five-year-old yeah. women with right. manicures this and is lots the, of jewelry. Uh, this is intense, man. But Tell do you know me. what I mean? Uh, you know. Let's <laughs> talk about your book. Okay. Um, I'm interested. Can I, can I drink this, by the way? Hey, yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. yeah. You should be drinking okay. it. Drinking from that ear biscuit jar is like drinking god nectar from a hardened biscuit batter. Beverage container available only at mythical.store. Oh, I knew you were turning this into an ad. You you sell some great things, by the way. Oh, what wow. else? I just well, some of your hoodies are awesome. List, I'm serious. This yeah. is not an this is not an advertisement. Yeah, some of our hoodies. But, but I've noticed more ads on your um, Instagram account that I've been seeing. And yeah. like, you have really cute things. Well, they're not. Oh. We don't call them ads. We just we call them like uh, content adjacent. Uh, yeah. Mm. Posts. I didn't know we called it anything. Content adjacent. Well, anyway, sorry. I'm interested in in the journey of of you writing this book. I mean, uh, it's here, here it's been out for a, here a, a it is. While I'm now. holding yeah. it. Mm -hmm. You t you you talked about it so much that your cords exploded. That's right. It came out in the spring. Um, right. and I, I mean, it represents a lot of work. I know. Yeah, and a lot I of mean, yourself yeah. over over how much time. Um. I mean, I write in, in fits and spurts. Mm -hmm. You know, it was written over less than a year. Okay, that's good. Yeah. You already, you already wrote uh, two other books, right? Yeah, this was my third book. Um, and, you but know, they're all totally different. Yeah, I wrote a book on um, our experience with parenting, um, just parenting my boys. I wrote a book, of, a vegan cookbook of the recipes I most often cook for non-vegans. Mm -hmm. um, What's that called? It's called Mayim's Vegan Table. 
Now it would have been called plant-based, but back then we didn't know to use that word. Oh. <laughs> and then this one is girling up. Yeah. The science of being a girl. Pretty much. Um, now, the interesting thing is that, okay, so uh, you you have a you have a teenage daughter who's actually here. Yeah, right over there. She's lurking. But we She's all, looming. But we all have kids who are at different stages, right? We've got kids who are about to go through puberty, kids who are going through puberty, and kids who have been through puberty. And uh, can you believe that we are responsible for? I mean, just let's just stop for a second. And we're responsible for these people. Yeah, like that's I, scary to begin with. I think technically I am, but I think practically they know <laughs> not to expect that of me anymore. Yeah, but like they're made of us. Yeah, like that's I sometimes yeah. get freaked out. You know, just I, I'll look at them and, you know, they'll do something that reminds me of me or or of their dad. And it's like, that's a human being that's made of two people. Right. Yeah. I like was I was thinking of that the other day, too. I was really just trippy. It's like, wow, it's like you got this this shared experience. That's a person. Yeah. Hmm. That's beautiful. It's weird. That's really beautiful. The experience part. What are you talking about? What part? There was an experience. I, I didn't intend for it for me to be referring to that. <laughs> That's not creating a child. But what I understood was you said we had this shared experience that created a person. I was like, yeah, that's, that's not that's reproduction, Link. <laughs> it is, yeah. Do you write it? Do you write about that in here? Oh yeah. She oh does. yeah. That's in there. It gets. Uh, what is the word that you would use? Uh, <laughs> Technical. Very clear. Very clearly uh, stated. Well, and I really tried to to write. Um, I mean, I'm trained as a neuroscientist, so you know, I I. I'm a science communicator. You know, I've always taught science, and that's what I did for many years after getting my PhD. So I really wanted to present it in an age-appropriate way, but also not a talking down to kids way. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I think that, you know, a lot of us were kind of spoken to that way. and a lot or, of not, times, or not spoken or to. Or not spoken to at all. Um, and I really wanted to present it, and, like, here's the thing. Like, let's not be afraid of these words. You don't have to love them. You don't have to shout them from the rooftops. But th- these are the parts of your body. This is what happens. And, you know, it's I'm pretty conservative. You know, I don't, I don't do a lot of things that I think there's pressure to do in a lot of teen books because I really wanted it to appeal not only to younger kids but to kids who are late bloomers like I was. What do you, mm-hmm. So what do you mean pressure to do in a teen book? Like so, you're talking like preachy stuff? Well, like preachy stuff or um, kind of moralistic stuff or uh-huh. even getting into some of the more complicated aspects that certain teenagers encounter when they're dating and, you know, I didn't feel like it needed to be like a... Normalized. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to normalize. I mean, I didn't want I, I didn't want to pass judgment on on behaviors, but I also, you know, didn't want to have to feel like we need to talk about the full gamut of things which, in my opinion, are, are best left to be discussed privately or with your intimate partner. Got it. I understand. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'll explain it to Link later. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to say. Okay. Yeah. You're being respectful because my daughter's here too. Maybe we don't want to talk about that stuff. Well. Um, I did ask Lily to, to, yeah, to, cause that's the thing to I was, come on here. Yeah, because you don't. The good news is, is because she wrote this book, you don't have to talk to Lily. <laughs> right. Right? It's like, I don't have a daughter. I mean, I've had some awkward talks with my boys already. Still figuring that out. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've had those too. Not with your boys. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to have this conversation uh, that, that you have. But, you know, you probably should also talk to her in, in addition to just giving her a book. Well, this might, honestly, I, I think that um, for a lot of, dads and also moms it's mm-hmm. also a good kind of framework and guideline for a set of conversations um because 
I, I do leave a lot, you know, kind of open-ended. Like, these are some things that you can talk about with a trusted, you know, adult if mm-hmm. you want to. Um, but even, you know, basic things about anatomy, like, you know, guys, especially of our generation, weren't really taught a, a lot. And when you have a daughter, especially if you're a, you know, an engaged dad, the way dads now are encouraged to be and are, yeah. you want to know more about, you know, your daughter and how she can, you know, kind of functions. I mean, my dad literally said, well, your mother said she was going to talk to you about the birds and bees. She never did. <laughs> no, dad, she never did. Oh. Like, my dad and I had this conversation when I was in my 30s. <laughs> like, Why did no one ever talk to me? He's like, your mother was supposed to. <laughs> like, she said she was going to well, take care of it. You know. Right. So, I mean, what's the sweet spot? of uh, the target audience for this thing. I'll read the- I'd I'll read say the 10 to 18. I 10 mean, to, and it, okay, so- My, my 11 year old read it, my, my boy, and he said the language was fine. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't like seeing certain diagrams, but that's right. normal. You know. Okay, chapter one, how our bodies work. Two, how we grow. Three, how we learn. Four, how we love. Five, how we cope. And six, how we matter. Now, I know that I wanted to bring Lily on because she's read your book. Right. And I'm super proud of my daughter. I hope she liked it. Otherwise, this is going to be a very awkward <laughs> yeah, let's see. So, portion of time. Uh, Lily, come on, to, come on to the round table of dim lighting here. And, Welcome, uh, Lily. Throw Hello, your... Hi. Let me thro- put these on. Yeah, put those okay. on. Now I can hear you better. Yeah, and you can hear yourself. And bring the mm-hmm. mic... You know, cozy up to that mic. You're the first uh, Rhett or Link progeny to to be on on your biscuit. Is that right? Yeah, right. Oh. yeah. You set the record. We've That's we've. Special. I've talked. I've probably talked about Lily more than any other child, especially going through the back surgery and everything. We talked about it more on ear biscuits than anywhere else. And super proud of. Look at her. She's doing. She's done she's amazing. Phenomenal. Yeah. Look how she's sitting up. Straight. She's got the best she, posture she of all does. of us. Yeah, she, she sure does. does. She makes me feel. Like I just need to do this now, Lily. I I made you read this book in preparation for coming on here, right? <laughs> well, no. I my mom. Well, she she told me she was like, "Oh, mom's writing a book." I was like, "Oh, I'm really excited to read it," and I read it in like the first three weeks, like th- maybe like two weeks after it came out, I got it, and then I read it in. I got a like, sneak sneak copy. <laughs> yeah. Did I not give it to you? I think I, you did. No, that's the one. Yeah. You, that's the one you gave to her. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I get. I didn't make you buy your own. <laughs> no. Use your allowance. Like I made my kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to get on. Yeah, you got to get, get those numbers up. Those sales. <laughs> yeah, but I read it in like mm, three weeks. I was kind of off and on because I was like deciding between like three books if I was going to read them all at the same time or if I was going to read them in separate. I don't know sections of the month. Um, but I really, I really did enjoy it. I, I oh, loved that's it. that's nice. <laughs> wow. No awkward conversations. <laughs> no, okay, that's yeah. nice. Well, I'm sure we can find some. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll make it awkward. Don't worry. You I know won't. I'm going to make it awkward, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how, but I'm sure I will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um. How does your body work, Lily? <laughs> well, <laughs> you just made it awkward. That's <laughs> all it's well, All right, uh, go ahead. H- here you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she can take it. She's used to it. <laughs> but. One, like, for the overall theme, I really loved how you use your knowledge of the brain and of, well, being a girl yourself, (laughs) but also, like, using personal experiences in more non-scientific situations to, like, explain different things and make it feel more real, like, not, not just, oh, this is a fact book. Mm-hmm. This is like telling you what's going to happen, 
what what you're made of and like what it's gonna do. Like you, it's you not have, a science book. It's yeah. not strictly, but a there's science some science book. in there. There's some no, ner- which I really enjoy because I love science. Um, yeah, I heard you like biology a lot. Yes, I do love biology a lot. <laughs> Is there some neurology going on in this thing? In the book? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I talk about some of the chemicals that are, mm-hmm. um, you know, activated, particularly in the love chapter. I talk about mm-hmm. sort of the, the neurochemistry of that. Um, talk about fear and anxiety and depression. I talk about some of the chemicals for that. I mean, you know, the brain controls everything you do and perceive. So, you know, kind of everything is neuroscience is, you know, sort of, well, I'm a little partial. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's specific brain conversations in it. Yeah. But you're saying there's also like, some juicy Mayim stories in there. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I talk about um, my experience, you know, liking boys and things like that and how poorly that went. <laughs> oh. Is this the kind of book that you need to, like, take, like, a satchel full of them to school and just start handing them out to <laughs> other other girls? Do you well, think that that would be – how would that go I, I mean, I've definitely talked to some of my friends about, hey, I read this book, and it's, like, really great, and you should you should totally read it. Like, make them buy their own copy though. We need. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> gotta pay the I, rent, got a book. Yeah. I got a book. I don't. I don't trust people borrowing my books. It's been. It's yeah. gone yeah. badly. That's, you gotta write. You, you. You gotta. What do they do with your? You gotta book? write your name in them. Or they make those. In the old days, it was like a little imprint that you'd put on it. Oh, does no imprint? one know what I'm talking like a about? Stamp? Like a wax seal? No, um, no, but it's like um, it, it it makes an imprint. It lifts the paper up in some places, like your initials. Oh, no. yeah. It's oh, I know what that's called. I got one for my bat mitzvah. It's like a thing. And you mark every <laughs> page of er, every book. Embosser. It's embosser. an embosser. Not every page. Every page of every book you've ever read, you've embossed. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we Never know it's mind, your book. <laughs> but you wrote it because uh, you thought that. It, you, you filled the white space, so to speak. Right? I didn't have, the, right. This book didn't exist when exactly. I was a kid. There were books that were about science, you know, and about like how your body works, but um, they weren't, you know, presented like this. And we have, you know, there's like, it's a comic book artist style, you know, illustrations and showing. I also wanted to show different shapes and sizes and body types and, and talk about that. Um, so, yeah. Because it's, yeah. I mean, it definitely it, didn't exist when I was a kid, and I needed that kind of, you know, information. Yeah. Um, and also, I think a lot of what I talk about is the variety of experience that that people, but especially girls, have. That, you know, I, I didn't know when it's normal to start your menstrual cycle. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know what's normal. I didn't know what's abnormal. I didn't know that it's normal to be abnormal. You know, that your body takes some time to settle into what it's going to be uh-huh. like, and. You know, that what you look like, you know, I was a head shorter than every kid till about seventh or eighth or ninth grade. And now I'm an average height for a woman. You know, in mm-hmm. my whole life, I thought, oh, my gosh, no one's going to like me. I don't have breasts. I'm really short. My nose is too big. Like, that was my experience. And what I wanted to I'm on TV. Was... <laughs> I'm very famous. <laughs> that actually didn't that didn't that yeah, actually well, didn't ha- help. I mean, that and I talk about that also, like. You know, most of the the young women reading this book were not alive when Blossom was on and probably haven't seen it. She was on a show called Blossom. When I was yeah, I, I you know, know. Yeah. have you seen that? You haven't have you seen I Blossom? I haven't seen it, but she knows mom it. has. Where can you where can you binge <laughs> I get watch? That a lot. Where can you binge watch Blossom now? Is it so, on Netflix? No. No. It's not? No, and it's mm. only the only the first two seasons were released by Shout Factory. They didn't release seasons three, four, and five. They're in like a vault? Kind of it's <laughs> they're 
You can't like get them on Amazon. So you, you so can weird. get like the no. first two seasons on. I like, think people have posted them illegally. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't feel that illegal, but it is. But anyway, I do talk yeah. about that, how sometimes getting too much attention can also feel yucky. Like there are different kinds of people. There are introverts, there are extroverts. But how did you, because yeah. that's a question I have is, I can't imagine us having, you know, the fact that by the time this all started clicking into place for us as a career, we were already, you know, 30 years old with kids and had, you know, had right. had real jobs and, but there's just so many uh, kids now who they get that, you know, especially on YouTube, it's like something yeah. catches and, and all of a sudden you've got it's a like, 17 year old kid who yeah, is famous. I mean, I, I can't imagine what, I, what would have happened to me. How did you turn out normal? Well, I don't know that I turned out normal. I mean, uh, you know, I'm. How did you turn out healthy? I'm an odd bird, as they go. Um, <laughs> you know, I I don't I don't like. Because how old were you? I was so when I was on Blossom, I was 14 to 19, and I was in a movie called Beaches when I was 12. Right, that I was played the... the young Bette Midler. So I really just started acting a bit before um, Beaches. You know, I um, I I know I grew up with many people in the industry, some of whom have passed away. You know, from um, excesses you know uh -huh. and so I don't like to say like well here's how they should have you know lived so that that wouldn't have happened to them because mental illness and, and drug abuse and alcohol abuse like those things happen whether you're on TV or not mm -hmm. you know to, to to many people so I know that what worked for me you know I, I I mean I come from an immigrant background my grandparents are immigrants so I was raised with a very strong work ethic um, very kind of disciplined and conservative you know household I had chores and you know I, I had a whole structured life and my parents were very strict and I think for my personality you know that created boundaries that felt good for me um, I was a very anxious child you know I was not very social um, also the world was very different then there was no internet there was no publicity yeah. telling girls that they should wear extensions and have their lips done when they're 16 you know like mm -hmm. I looked like a kid when I was a kid um, and you know a, a lot of of, of the public females that we see now, I think don't have that 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 right to sort of be innocent public people. So I think mm -hmm. you know, for me, that was really instilled by my parents. Um, but again, you know, I knew kids in high school who weren't on TV who were also getting into trouble, and there are a lot of reasons for that. Right. Sorry, I just made it sad. Yeah. Well, you know, you mean you true. talk about how you were an anxious child. That I, I that. Definitely. I mean, I'm an anxious adult too. I didn't mean to say it like you know. <laughs> oh, you grew out of it. Well, that right, uh, that resonates with me. I mean, uh, you know, raising my kids, I'm not that. Well, I'm reminded like now when they're going into school and like there's a big milestone of okay, moving from like homeschool and charter school, they're moving into public school, and for the first time this year, and encountering a lot of um, new things and anxiety that comes along with that. And I'm reminded of. Like Lando going into second grade, it's kind of like when I went to kindergarten. I'm and even preschool. I remember being so anxious. Yeah, you know, I think um, it wasn't something that I was aware of that I was actively taught how to um, understand what was going on in my brain and in my in my body. Just to use that as kind of a case study, totally. anxiety for me was something that. Um, it was it was college when I really started to identify. Well, the way I interact with with school is totally based on anxiety. Yeah. Like until with any, I go from assignment to assignment, um, 
trying to do trying to get enough of it done ahead of time so that I cannot be wigging out that it's not done. Like right. I was an anti procrastinator because I was a, I was an anxious wreck. Right. <laughs> but I can I can trace it back through childhood, but it was something that I never actively talked about. Well, I think people and, didn't, you know? Yeah. Like, culture is different now, and I wanted, also, I wanted this book to be culturally relevant, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. We didn't know what even gender fluidity was, much less, you know? Yeah. But, right. but even, it, you know, even if it's not your thing to be a gender fluid person, like, this is the vernacular that our kids are growing up yeah. with, you know? Mm-hmm. So I at least wanted to introduce terms so that, like, we know what we're talking about, you know? Mm-hmm. And then people can have whatever opinions they want, you know? But I think that's part of it. When we were right, like, no one wanted to hear that I was anxious. They wanted like, like, finish what's on your plate, go do your homework, and I'll tuck you in. And don't talk right. to dad when he gets home from work because he's in a bad mood. You know, <laughs> like those were the rules. Like, go outside and play. Well, that, come it, back. that may still be a rule sometimes. <laughs> you know when not no, to talk she, to dad. No, you, it's not a rule. She just knows. Yeah. It's an understanding. No, but no one cared what we wanted for dinner. Like with my kids, it's like. What would you like? Oh, like, gosh. Oh, I don't want that. Oh, no. Like, I, I no mean, one cares yeah, about what I, I was talking to Jesse about this the other day. I was like, we have so many interactions with our children. I was just like, <laughs> I, I was like, why do I, we, and I've only got two. Exactly. I was like, why do we have so many interactions about everything? And I was like, I'm just thinking back to like the way I interacted with my parents. Oh my and it was just like, you're outside, yep. and then your mom yells to come back, yep. and then you eat, and that's if you don't eat, you get in trouble. That's right. And then you go watch something, and then it's bed. I was like, I was like, j- just getting Shepherd to go to bed. Oh my gosh. It's, it's like, like, you know what it was for me? It was <laughs> Dukes of Hazard going off, yeah. and, and I specifically Thursdays. remember the NBC sound. Yes! And that was like, ding! You, you immediately fell asleep. You were like Pavlov's, Pavlov's dog. Yeah. And so it was like, oh, I'm gonna go to sleep. It's just like, boy, I wish I could have a bell that would make my kids go to sleep. No. It's like, no, we have to have an argument and we have or to. Or even a conversation. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, conversation. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah, but ultimately, I, but the thing I keep reminding myself of is like, I think that, I think this is better. I think this is, is a better way. But it's, it is more exhausting. It's more taxing for the parents. It's more exhausting, yes. Yeah. But you're cultivating, I mean, it's an, you're cultivating self-awareness. Like, I mean, if it's, I, 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 Lily, I'm curious for you, you know, is there something that it, it impacted how you thought about yourself? Like the level that you think about yourself and how your brain works or, okay, it, you know, for me it was anxiety that I didn't think about, you know? Mm-hmm. Is there something like that from the, from the book for you that got you thinking? Yeah, I mean, it's really just like, I guess the sciencey stuff. So like I'll I'll read something or even in biology class right now I'll be like, "Oh, we're learning about DNA." Or "Oh, this is what happens in your brain when you do this." And then it's like, "Oh my gosh. That actually happens in my head." Like there's <laughs> there's a there's a thing mm-hmm. in my head that does that stuff. And then it's like, "Oh, I like Right here in my arm, there's there's DNA. Like there there's a cell that has DNA in the nucleus, and it's like that's 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 just like sometimes it's just like whoa. Yeah. And some whoa, and sometimes there's impulses in your brain that you know you can separate yourself from that. And you don't have to act on it. Mm-hmm. You are not your brain. Is that <laughs> what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, your brain is just an organ that just it has all these. Impulses. You are then, not your thoughts. Do you mean? <laughs> you ele- wait, hold on. Do you, you don't mean, have to act on you everything. Mean electrical impulses or like urges. 
Yeah, I'm talking yeah, more urges. Let's talk urges. about that. Like yeah. dating urges. Well, that's like just a date as well, an urge well, is not I don't, healthy. I don't know. I don't mean. I don't want to put Lily on the spot, but I actually speak about the part of the brain that is not fully developed in teenagers, mm-hmm. which is responsible for controlling urges, mm-hmm. and it's the reason that we don't like young people. I mean, one of the reasons we don't like young people to to drink alcohol, to do drugs, even to to be responsible for driving or being responsible for for other important things is because the frontal lobe of of your brain is not fully developed. And that literally is what controls impulses. And that notion of like, if your parents tell you don't do this and, you know, you remember being a teenager, it's like, why not? That's literally like yeah. you don't you're not done developing. Do you think a neuroscientist told the rental car companies that the magic age was 26? 25. Okay. <laughs> I right. think they did. Because it's so weird that once you get past 25, that's right. when you can rent a car technically and the rates go down and that's when your well, my, frontal cortex is completely My my developed. my kids asked me the other day, we were talking they were learning about banking, like we were learning about the fact that they have accounts and well when can I have that account, mama? And I said, well, when you're 25. And they said, well, why not 18? I said, because your father and I sat with a lawyer and we decided that we didn't want you having money at your disposal at 18. Because the things that you think of at 18 are not necessarily the things you might want to do with money. Yeah. Well, and I I remind myself of that a lot of times when I'm reasoning. I'm going to use the term reasoning with my kids. And and like Locke, you know, who's a teenager now. And then I, I find myself talking to him about something and then I have to remember I'm like I want to just take the logical thought that I feel like I'm having and just put it in his brain. Yeah. But they also have to experience things for themselves, which right. is which is important, but But not know. dating. No. And you know, it's funny because someone was saying, "Oh, you got to learn it for yourself." I said, "No, I was a very obedient child and teenager and I didn't do the things that they said not to do and it turned out okay. I figured it out eventually." <laughs> right. Yeah. I my best friend, she was like, she told me before I read your book, she was like, okay, so this, like, the frontal lobe isn't fully developed when, like, until 25 for males. And I don't, for females, it, is it sooner that it's developed? Probably. Yeah. And then, I wouldn't be surprised. And then, and then I was when like. It, and then it's more developed in comparison. Yeah. In so, a, like. There's not, like, a leveling men. out. So, thinking of. The teenage years for girls and guys, but like, uh, it was there's just this moment of realization, like that makes a lot of sense, right? But also, <laughs> like, when you know, you you don't wake up at your age and say, like, well, here's another day with me not having all my faculties. You know, you feel yeah. like you've got it together, you know, yeah, yeah. because yeah. you're going through life and all of all the things that that my kids and that our kids and that, you know, young people experience, it's it's real, you know? There may not be all the information and experience, but it's real. And I remember the pain of not being allowed to watch this movie or not being able to watch this TV show because my parents were really strict about that or not being able to go out at night and it felt really unfair. I was the only, you know, teenager who wasn't allowed to drive when the first girl in our class got her driver's license and every other kid got to go out driving with her and they had a great time and I had to stay home because my parents didn't think that that was safe, you know? And I remember that just feels crummy. Like, even though logically I get it, Mm -hmm. it feels crummy to be that kid, you know? Oh, yeah. Anyway. I hear that quite a bit. Well, Lily, (laughs) uh, we can let you off the hook here. Do you have any other pressing questions for Mayim based on the book? Um, 
I'm really putting you on the spot. You're doing great, totally. by the way. Yeah, you are doing. She great. almost seems Thank prepped, you. but I know she's not because that would have required some forethought from me. From you. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is your opportunity to take up for me and say how I'm such a great dad. It's no longer about my um, or <laughs> her fine. book. I'm happy to witness but this. Your party We're words can have something to do with how great I am because you know you're my favorite. I mean, I tell you that all the time when none of the other kids are around. <laughs> well, Sure, not that like our dog is your favorite child or whatever. Oh. You know, none of that. Yeah. Wow. Did I, have I said that out loud? Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Uh, yeah. But seen, I still love you a lot. That's I mean, what I do yeah. love you a Thank whole you, lot. Thank you, I love you too. Oh, oh my gosh. I feel it coming. All right, let's, let's act. Yeah, if All I right. ever have to cry on cue, I'm gonna think of that moment. <laughs> Lily, thank you. So you can you can sit back over. You don't you, you don't have to yes. uh, be Thanks, on Lily. the be on the in the in the the pressure seat anymore. Okay. The hot seat, I think, is what it's called. It is called the hot the pressure seat. The pressure seat. Like the pressure different. seat. <laughs> yeah. It's so like there a, you go. You, like a 17th century. Well, thanks. Thanks device. for having me on. It was thanks fun. for being on. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for reading my book and liking it. Maybe one day of you'll course. write a book. Should write a book like yeah. this or. Um, about being a vegan, I, I won't let her be a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> Draw the line there. <laughs> um, you know, we actually just, uh, it, we just right before we came in here. Well, like this happened to me like eight hours ago. I saw our, our printed book <gasps> for the first time. I can't wait. But you just saw your ours. Like you've been in the edit all day. Yeah, I so know. Like, I I saw just it an hour ago. I saw it on. I was talking to Rhett, and I looked down at the desk, and I saw we've had like preliminary paperback version right. of the book. Galley they give copies. The called. galley yeah. copy, yeah. yeah. And I thought that's what it was, and then it, it was shiny, Aww. a little bit different, so uh, I saw it. That's yeah, it was in there. I can't wait, personally. But I, I wasn't gonna bring that up, because I this was about her book. No, I'm just saying, book, I'm just looking at her book and thinking the fact that like, it's like it's just such a good feeling, right? Well, my aunt just feeling. my aunt just sent me a picture from a bookstore in San Jose, and it was like my book was on the shelf, and she just couldn't believe it. You know, she took a picture, well, and yeah, because there's I don't know what it is. You know, I mean, as somebody who's, uh, you know, you, you know, you've been in a lot of things, you've created a lot of things, and like you know, all the videos that we've created that are still out there, but it just, I don't know. There's it's not it's, as permanent. Yeah, it's like yeah. you got this book, and it's just like I was actually thinking about it in the context of. The kids, I mean, we talked about this yeah. as we were writing it. It was like, so much of this, because a lot of it is very memoir-based, and mm -hmm. I was like, there's so much of this stuff that I've told bits and pieces of these stories to the boys, but it's like, oh, it's like, yeah, just read this book, because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, 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 you know, there like, absolutely was a point when we were writing that I was like, this is gonna be, even if only our kids read this, <laughs> I will be so glad. And me. And, and my. <laughs> Yeah, but um, it's just, I don't know, it's just looking at looking at the physical book and you, you know, this very, is your third one. It feels, but, I, it feels very like Forrest Gump to me. You know, like they yeah. put my face on this book that's not really mine. You know, like I feel like I've been inserted into yeah. it. And also, I don't remember Forrest Gump being like a no, ghost writer not for like, a book. No, not like that. The face just of like, a book, ghost written. No, never mind. Just the way me. he had the moments, oh. you know. But, and, well, and also, the <laughs> I was a kid once. A kid once. I see that, yeah. The, the picture uh, in the back. Of young Mayim with a pickle pen, and you know how it is. Like when celebrities write books, right? And you actually yeah. you said this. I don't in, like in, when in celebrities write books. Uh, that like, and I and for good reason, right? Because yeah, people. It's uh, so many people, and I think this is definitely true. Of, it's not any less true of YouTubers. It's just like, oh, you got an audience, fart a book out, yeah, so they'll buy it. 
And we, yeah. you know, and that that trend started happening on YouTube. Yeah, like, they call it amateur bio, uh, amateur autobiography, right? Right. Yeah. And it's, it's not pushing. condescending at all. No, well, I, I didn't call it that. That's the thing that it's well, and meaning it's not someone who's an author. It's someone right. you okay. know who hasn't written before, and they're writing their story for the you know the fan base that will find it you know something that they want to read. Well, then you're thinking like, okay, well, which is you know fine. It's did like, they actually write it? Not everybody right. did, right? Right. Uh, so I mean, it's probably some ghostwriter here. And some of them you pick up and you're like, this is not a book. This is <laughs> this is pictures. Well, sometimes it's like stories, you know. So anyway, but the thing I well, I'm, I'm bragging about your book and our book together. That's what this um, <laughs> this is turning into. Well, yeah, we're trying to make some sort of association here. No, because Coat, it's like there's some coattail because action happening because <laughs> I can feel the like uh, with all the stuff that you've done, but especially with this one, this seems like the one that is the most like. This is the thing that I had to get out. Oh of, yeah, of and myself. and also I think what's special, and I, I'm assuming you know you may have had a similar experience. Like many many people have come to me in the past years since I've been on Big Bang Theory to say, can we slap your face on a book and call it Science for Girls and sell a lot mm -hmm. of copies? Mm -hmm. And I kept saying no because I mean that that's not it's not true to forget about my brand. Like what's science? You know, and I literally I literally sent an email to one of these publishers saying, I'm sorry, which science do you mean? Do you mean biology? Do you mean physics? Do you mean chemistry? <laughs> like do you, like what do you mean? There's no like just science. Right. It's like that's not that's not oh. a book to slap my face on. And um this was really, you know, w when Jill Santapolo from Penguin reached out to me, she had read an article that I wrote for Grok Nation for my website mm -hmm. about the episode where Amy and Sheldon are intimate for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I wrote about it as a late bloomer playing a late bloomer on television. And she literally reached out for that reason and that really spoke to me because she said I like the way you spoke about being a late bloomer and some of the benefits of that. And I'm wondering if you'd like to share that with a broader audience. And I said, well, since you seem to be a real person of substance, hmm. can I pitch you this? And I pitched this book. I said, what if that's just part of the experience of sharing about what it's like to be female? Hmm. Some of us are late bloomers, some of us aren't. Here are the things you should know about your body that no one ever told me. You know, here's the way to yeah. kind of put yourself out into the world as a female. So it, it's the book that, you know, I feel most closely connected to because I really had to fight for it, you yeah, know? Yeah, right. It wasn't just like, let's do a book. And, you know, I mean, you know, as Lily indicated, like there's science and like I'm trained as a scientist. That's what I that's what I am. Mm -hmm. It's not cutesy stories about like, first, I like this boy. You know, it's like I like this boy that no one else liked because he was a goth and I cried <laughs> about him for six years. <laughs> uh, right. His name was Misha. Misha is mentioned in the book. He yes. was a goth. He was. Yeah, he was dark and he liked sex pistols. And is he still a goth? You looked him up. No, he he says that he he. I've spoken to him since we like connected in college, and he said that the years that I had a crush on him, which mm -hmm. was literally from like seventh grade through twelfth grade, he said those were his golden years. <laughs> He's like, baby, it's been all down here and there. I never dress in black. Anymore. He's not. He's not goth anymore. Um, I don't think so. It's really tough to maintain that. Pretty ironic to into, into yeah. Well, I don't know for, that he was goth. He was he goth was more, to be your golden. No, years. he was more like he was like more black into years. He was more punk rock, I'd say. Okay, okay. but you know there was yeah. all those, those. Well, they were circles. yeah, like especially in like rural North Carolina, it's like we there just, was eyeliner involved. We just called them no, no, no eyeliner. No, the okay. alternative kids. Yeah, you know, that's what we, they were. They hung yeah, well, out I, and like yeah, well, punk goth whatever. Exactly. They, they smushed us all together. Yeah. There was a category of people called heshers that. 
very few people seem to know that term. I don't know if it's a West Coast term. Really? Heshers were the guys who wore like, No, the guys who wore like the Metallica shirts and the skinny black. Like they kind of looked like Ramones guys. Okay. We called them Heshers. It's probably we just didn't have any in 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 no, you weren't a Hesher. You just no, crushed I, on. No, one. I wore I wore Doc Martens and fishnets almost every day, <laughs> um, and I was like the girl who wore like the peasant skirts and like the linen glasses, and you know. Okay. Uh, ironic. <laughs> I get it. I read Dostoevsky in my spare time. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't read until I was thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now you wrote a book. Yeah. Right. Look yeah. at you now. Yeah. No, I read some. Of but, the book. Yeah. Yeah. But substance, the word that you used when you when you were talking about the editor that approached you. Yeah. A person of substance because yeah. you had an idea ideas of substance and wanted to write a book of substance. And that yeah. it's just it's not well, I don't it's, know. It's it's be, I don't want to be one of those people who's like it's becoming more rare. It's not. It is though. But, and people say I'm you know, and also, I mean, you know the YouTube world. Like I think it's really impossible to try and do what I've done already, which is like, I'm I'm not that, I don't think I'm that interesting. I just like have a lot of strong opinions about things, but people seem to want to hear them. And we're trying to lighten me up a little bit. I mean, I've been told I'm too old since I'm five years old, you know, like <laughs> I've been told I'm too cerebral and too, you know, and I can be fun. <laughs> hey, hey, listen. I You've mean, seen me be fun. I've seen you. I I've wore things on my with head. With guacamole yes, on your head. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but uh, you know, I I like things of substance because for me, those have been the things that have caused the most personal change and the most change that I see that I can affect in the world. Like that's literally like that's a thing of mine, for, right? For reals, yeah. Yeah, it's like dent the universe, like Logan Paul says. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about substance. <laughs> hey, come on. I mean, if you if you're if you're choosing between Logan and Paul, I mean. I mean, Logan and uh, Jake. If you're choosing yeah. between a first and a last name of the same person, <laughs> if you're, you're kind of just talking about a first. I mean, if you're choosing between Logan and Jake, I mean, I think the substance is on Logan's side. That's all I got to say in the Logan-Jake debate. Wow. There you go. What do you think about that? <laughs> I'm wearing a Wolverine shirt, so Logan's it's great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you like that? See what I did there? Uh, so your your oldest son read the book. Correct. And he then he's like- my first editor, as I said. First editor? Yeah. And then he's like, write one for me, too. Did he? I'm working on it. Oh yeah. Oh wow. It whispered. She's not even supposed gotta, to whisper because of the yes. nodes, but so she did. Boy, boying up Maybe. with you on the cover. Maybe. <laughs> Put Forrest Gump on the cover. Boying up. I wonder how much it would you you would. You're not. Why didn't you respond to that? How much would you have to pay Tom Hanks? To oh. How much would you have to pay Tom Hanks to just be on the cover of a book? And you're like, that's all you have to do. We're not gonna say it's by you. It's just I want you to. Be on the cover of my book. I don't know the answer to that question. We should have thought of that. We should have put Tom Hanks in that cereal but we, bowl. We, we could list that as a sentence that's never been uttered. Yeah. How much would it take to put Tom Hanks on the cover of a book? Yeah. <laughs> How much money do you have I, to pay? I'm pretty sure that's, that's, that's original. Oh, people said. probably have asked A lot that, of frustrated editors. All the ones that called you <laughs> then called him <laughs> and said that. He probably gets phone calls about that kind of thing all yep. the time. Mm. Well, even though it's been out for a few months, I'm glad we were able to talk about I it. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your support. Yeah. I, I mean, do. If you don't have it, get it. It's, it's a, still it's, out there. It's a, it's a fun read. I mean, it's a, it's a light read. It's not like a textbook. No. Did you do an audible? An audio book? I did, just before my voice went out. Oh, oh, you did? I did. It was the first book I've ever narrated of the three that I've done. I've never, you know, spoken the other ones, and it was really fun. Mm -hmm. A little hard to explain some of the diagrams. Yeah, right. So because yeah, because yeah, so we recorded our book a, a few weeks ago, and it was yeah, like, you have to kind of work around but some I, stuff. But the thing that we talked about is it's a totally unique experience because totally, it's like well, 
we for, actually, for the listener, you mean? We, yeah, we actually end up having to explain things in a way that you wouldn't get and if you, you just got the book. So you kind of got to do both. You don't also like, just, I found the experience kind of interesting. You don't think that much about how you speak, but when you read things for a long period of time, you start having the same intonation every sentence. And right. every sentence yeah. sounds like this. So she would stop me and say, like, you're getting a little sing songy. And like, she got a little stern about it. I was like, oh, yeah. dear, right. sing songy. Yeah. Well, we, we, took we, we care sat of that. here. I mean, there's two, well, there's, we would, it's more like, of a dialogue. We would bat it. it back and forth, so right. you'd have we'd have some built-in recovery time. Right. But yeah, the um, director guy he would sit right here. Right. And then we would usually correct each other before he would. <laughs> he was like, "Why?" He probably like, "Why am I even why here?" Am I here they direct they, each they other. They keep jumping down each other's throats. <laughs> I gotta back away slowly. Uh. There's, it's getting heated and awkward <laughs> in here, and they're doing my job. That'll be your next book. Heated, heated and, and awkward. Heated and awkward. Right. Write that down. Who With Tom Hanks on the cover. I get to be heated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure, you can be first this time. You well, then you, I don't want to be awkward. I'll be I've awkward. I've been that long enough. Heated and awkward, starring Tom Hold Hanks. Hold on. Uh, that's going to come on after Big Bang Theory, yo. <laughs> it's just like, new on stay CBS tuned. This heated and awkward. It It'll does, be on for a few episodes. It does sound like Starring that two guys. <laughs> John Heated and... Mike Awkward. Mike Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can sell it. It's sold. Will you, will you be? Will you be in it? Why is it John sure. Heated and Mike Awkward? <laughs> <laughs> Why is this such a stupidly good this is idea? Good. <laughs> hey, listen. Good. If we sell, if awkward. we sell this show, you're, I'll you're say in. I knew you when. <laughs> okay. Heated. All right. I wanted to make it like a development deal right right here. If we sell John Heated and Mike Awkward. You've had some really famous they get, people. They get in a dating. They get in a like. Yeah. They get in a love quadrant with hot and heavy. A love quadrant. <laughs> Heated and hawk, awkward. Get in a it's love a, quadrant with a, hot and heavy. About, What's a love quadrant? I think it's like polyamory. No. Oh, you, for pe- no love put, trapezoid. You can't put love that rhombus? on network television. No, I'm just saying. It's like a love triangle, but I it's just did four two people. videos about this issue of polyamory. Really? Because I know nothing about it, and I got it all wrong in my first video, so I made an apology video. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, did, you, I, did you take? The, but so you didn't take the first one down? No, I spoke to four right. people, actually clinicians in the polyam community, who really? told me what I literally got. And not just like, oh, you're wrong. You should think. Oh, it's what you great. got wrong? Like literally, I used the wrong words, and so. I I made a new video and it's kind of crazy, but, but I got some really great love. People saying it's like, good that you left the other one up is, all, yes, is what I'm saying. Yeah, so you can keep monetizing. And people it. were like, "Thank you for admitting you were wrong." And even if it's still not your jam, we appreciate you clarifying the terminology. Well, we can need to consult them. I might need to send you those awkward. links. Yeah, because maybe you didn't mean polyam. Maybe you meant open relationship. Well, I maybe I was just I was just <laughs> never mind. I was making an offhanded joke know. about. A love triangle has nothing to do with any of this, guys. But you said love, right? It's, I, I said a love quadrant because there's four people. people. But it's the same. It's a love triangle. Heated and awkward and hot and heavy. Oh, man. Yeah. All I'm saying is that each person like the next person like okay. the next person. It, there's no oh, overlap. A train of like. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. a train. It's a train, man. Is it a dance show? It's a soul train. <laughs> it's a dancing it's show. A re- it's, a, it's a reality. We're bringing soul train back and we're calling it heated and awkward. <laughs> Mayim, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for coming in. We'll have you sound the sound, sign the table. Oh, here, here I would second. love to. Let's get this that. was fun. Yeah. This was super fun. We'll Thank have to you. do this again. I would love to. Yeah. And we need to talk about our medical issues. <laughs> yeah, we do. We need to talk about uh, I'm going to check out for that. 